Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Steve Fowler. Hey, uh, we are in the series on the book of Jude. Uh, we're calling it Stand Up Faith. And if you got your Bibles, go to the book of Jude. Uh, and if you didn't bring a Bible, there should be a Bible in the pew rack in front of you. Go to page 1039. You will find the book of Jude. It's pretty short. Uh, we're in a short series. We'll wrap it up uh, next week. And uh, Jude is a half-brother of Jesus, and he is writing, uh, and he wants to unpack the gift of salvation, but he's writing because there's some stuff going on in the church that he wants to uh, address. And so what I want to do is I want to pick up uh, in this letter, I want to read beginning in verse 8 and uh, read through uh, verse 16. I want to pick it up just after Rob finished last week in verses five through seven, where he gave that great picture of that engine check, sort of check in our own hearts, these three case studies in verses five through seven that address things like unbelief and greed and pride. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Jude now is going to shift gears a bit and talk about the people surrounding them that's influencing them. So verse 8, he says, In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. And this took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. But these people scoff at things they do not understand. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. With sorrow awaits them, for they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money, and like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They are like the wild waves of the sea churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars doomed forever to blackest darkness. Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, listen, Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These, these people are grumblers and complainers, living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves and flatter others to get what they want. This is God's holy word. And whoo-wee, uh, starting off, just kind of going for it. Jude is going for it. Uh, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna unpack that. Actually, we're going to focus in on, on verse 11 as, as he gets going here in his letter, warning people about those who influence them. Hey, a first grade teacher uh, a lot of years ago uh, took the first graders and exposed them to uh, idioms, uh, sayings in our language that are quite common to us. Uh, they're, just, they're just natural for us. They have word pictures that communicate an idea. Uh, this first grade teacher taking those six-year-olds uh, gave them like half the idiom and had the kids sort of write the back half of it and see what they came up with. Uh, again, idioms that we, we're quite familiar with. Like here, here's, the, here's one of them. It begins by saying, where there's smoke, there's what? Yeah, we know that very well. Here's what the first grader said, where there's smoke, there's pollution, which made total sense to them. Uh, here's another one that the teacher put to the first graders. Strike while the 
Okay, I don't know how we got that one, but strike while the iron the strike while the bug is close. Uh, kids were thinking about insects. Uh, another one the teacher put in front of these first graders: a penny saved is what? Not according to the kids. It's not very much. <laughs> um, very, I mean, literal to the point. Uh, here's an, this is kind of a strange idiom: a bird in the hand is what? We're two in the bush. I have no idea what that means. I'll look it up later. Bird in the hand is going to poop on you. <laughs> I, it's true. It's the truth, okay? Uh, one more for you. Um, if you lie down with dogs, you'll what? Wake up with fleas. A few of you knew that one, okay? Here's the first grader said, you'll stink in the morning, which kind of <laughs> communicates the same thing. And that last idiom is getting after this idea that there are people that, you know, that, Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's how one person puts it. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's what that, that, that saying is getting after. Or another person has put this way. Uh, you are the average of your five best friends. That will either raise your wisdom quotient or they will deplete it. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You're the average of your five best friends. You're, you're, you're fab five. Um, and uh, relationships are huge. And Jude is going after the influencers, the relationships that are in the church. And, and the scriptures say quite a bit about those we surround ourselves with, um, the positive influences, the negative influences. Um, the wisdom writer talks about how some of your friends can bring you to ruin, but then there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That there are friendships and relationships that you can be in that they're iron sharpens irons, iron kind of relationships. I mean, they, this, this kind of, this, maybe there's even some, some difficult conversations, but you're the better person for it. Um, and, and a little bit later, actually in the New Testament, Paul says something in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me, let me get this quote here before we get to 1 Corinthians. Someone said, find any area of success in a person's life and I'll show you how God used people. Point out any area of failure or disaster in someone's life, and I'll show you how you don't get into trouble alone. Isn't that true? The successes, the wins that you've experienced in life, people played a part in that. They've, they've helped you. The, the losses, the, the, the pits you've fallen into, oftentimes we, we don't get there on our own. It's, there's influence and, and, and Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. We are the average of our five best friends. Relationships matter. And yet there's some tension here because Paul is saying, hey, bad company uh, corrupts good character. But then Jesus is known as friend of sinners, so, which is it? Uh, is it, should I be a friend of sinners or should I avoid bad company? And the answer is yes, right? Because really the key at it is who is the influencer? Je Jesus, as he's entering into these, these, uh, these friendships, as he's hanging out with tax collectors and no notorious sinners, he's the influencer. And what Jude is gonna get at here in these verses that I've read is that there are people who have worked their way into your, into your fellowships, into your spiritual communities. And, and while there are some who are positive, who are, who are keeping you on the pathway to, uh, of Christ, there are others... There are others who are moving you from the pathway of Christ. In fact, um, it, it's all about them. And I, again, Jude gives three case studies. Rob unpacked those three case studies as they relate to our own heart. Jude gives us three case studies as it relates to those that influence us in life. Our friends. You could even say the podcast we listen to, the books we listen to. 
those that we go to, our go-to places and people for wisdom. And Jude begins to unpack these dangerous paths. He talks about Cain, he talks about Balaam, and he talks about Korah. There's a three case studies. I'm gonna go to each one of those stories. I can only summarize them because they're quite long stories, but we're gonna unpack what is the warning that he would speak to us as we try to walk in the way of Christ. So let's begin with Cain. His story is found in the book of Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter four, I'd encourage you maybe sometime this week that you'd, you'd take a look at, at the story of Cain and of Balaam and of Korah. But in, in Genesis chapter four, you, you, may, you may be aware that Cain is the brother of Abel and they are sons of Adam and Eve. And uh, of course, Adam and Eve have sinned and so sin has entered the world and, and it's, it's messed up the world. The world is a broken place. And God has said that this sin will bring death into the world, but, you, but he's put in a way to sort of postpone that punishment. There's a, a sacrifice, a worship that can be offered, uh, that someone could die in your stead. And in this case, we see that Abel is worshiping God and he's bringing the, 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 a choice lamb, a firstborn from his flock, to offer it uh, as a sacrifice to God. This sacrificial system, kind of look at it as like making an interest-only payment on a loan, Okay. The debt is still there. You're just postponing the, the, the payment of the debt. That's what the sacrificial system is doing. So Abel is offering this sheep or a lamb, and he's, he's worshiping God, and God accepts the worship. Cain, on the other hand, is going to go a different route. He's going to approach God on his own terms. He's, going to, he's not going to sacrifice a lamb. He's not going to offer a sheep. There's not going to be blood shed so that life can be spared. He brings grain from his field. He's a farmer. And he doesn't bring like the first fruits of his crop. He brings leftovers. And what happens is that God rejects his sacrifice. And Cain's response is that he throws a bit of a hissy fit. Now that's my translation uh, of the text. Um, but let me just read to you uh, Genesis 4, beginning in verse 6. God's talking to him and says, Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, eager, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Cain, you, you know, you're angry. You don't like the fact that your, your offering was rejected. And you've got to be careful because sin is crouching at your door. If, if you don't master this, this, this sin is going to grow. And if you get into the next verse, it does grow. And you get the first murder uh, on the planet. Cain kills his brother. But it's all rooted in this idea that, look, I'm going to approach God in our, on my own terms. This is the way of Cain. And this is what the spiritual influencers in those early churches were, were communicating. Look, relate to God on your own terms. What, what, it, what it's doing, it's flipping the relationship. God is the creator. You and I, we are the created. But what happens is that when we begin to relate to, uh, relate to God on our terms, we treat ourselves as if we are the creator, and then we make God in our image. We determine how we're going to relate to him. And friends... The way of Cain is alive and well in our world today. In fact, just this last week, there was a, a, a podcast. Danica Patrick, a famous race car driver, uh, she's doing a podcast, and she's interviewing her boyfriend, her new boyfriend, uh, Green Bay quarterback, Super Bowl champion, Aaron Rodgers. 
And they're having a conversation about faith and, and religion. And, and Rogers grew up in a, uh, in a church. He's got a faith background. Went to Young Life. And, um, and in this interview, he begins to, to talk about his faith and his, his uh, relationship with God. And, and here's what Rogers says. He said, I had some good friendships along the way. Let me hit the pause button there. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. He's talking about relationships, friendships. I had some good friendships along the way that helped me to figure out exactly what I wanted to believe in. Ultimately, it was that rules and regulations and binary systems don't really resonate with me. Please note what he's saying. He's saying, I've been influenced by those around me, friends, and they've helped me to figure out what I want to believe in. This is the way of Cain. What resonates with me? See, God has made a pathway, he's made a pathway available by his grace He's made a pathway for us to be connected to him. And he, he's, he's offered this way through his son, Jesus Christ. And, and the way of Cain is saying, you know what? That, that, that might be okay for you, but you just kind of, you, you work your own path. That's the way of Cain. And it's alive and well in our world today. And Jude is saying, look, if you walk that way, he, he gives all these pictures and metaphors and illustrations. It's like he's just trying, he's grasping to try and show us the danger of these ways. He says, you know what, if you walk the way of Cain, or we're going to show you the, the way of Korah or Balaam, it's, it's, you're going to be shipwrecked. You're going to shipwreck your life. They're, they're like danger. These people are like, these influencers are like dangerous reefs hidden in the ocean. You're going to run aground. They're like shameless shepherds. It's unthinkable in that day. Shepherds who take advantage of the sheep. They're like clouds, rainless clouds. It looks like, looks like there's rain coming for the, for the fields, uh, for, for harvest to take place. But they're rainless clouds. They're like trees that are in the autumn. They, they've, they've not produced any fruit and they're uprooted, meaning they have sucked up all these resources and there's no fruit for anyone. They're wandering stars meant to reflect light or show light, but yet they've moved from their position and now they're wandering into darkness. He's like metaphor after metaphor, picture after picture to help us to understand, look friends, the way of Cain will lead to us shipwrecking our lives. Friends, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who's influencing you? Who are those go-to people that you look at for wisdom? Again, could be friends, people you work with, could be family members, could be podcasts, could be books. But who's influencing you? Beware the way of Cain. The second story, the case study that Jude uh, highlights is the way of Balaam. You'll find this, uh, his story in Numbers chapter 22 through 25. It's pretty long, and I'll just say part of the story, it makes you scratch your head. Some of it's bizarre, um, but uh, the people of Israel have come out of Egypt, and they are a massive horde of people. And the, the land that they're going to, the surrounding neighbors are very frightened of the Israelites. And Moab, there's a leader in Moab, and his name is Balak. And Balak sees that he is outnumbered by this massive army of people, Israelites. He feels threatened, and he can't overtake this army. But he decides that he's going to hire somebody to cast curses on them. Which, pause button, this seems like, okay, well, what... What, what could that do? Well, the, well, the wisdom writers tell us that, that, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And if you don't believe me on that, just talk to someone whose parents never told them that they loved them and see what their life has been like. 
as they've been searching for love and searching for acceptance their entire life. Or talk to someone who's been told that they'll never amount to anything by someone who's influential. And you'll, you'll see that they've struggled in finding meaning in life. Or talk to someone who's been said, I believe in you, there's promise in you, and someone spoke life into them. And you'll see someone who has hope and sees that there is a future. Friends, there's power in our words. And while this story can be a bit mysterious, Balak is hiring Balaam to cast curses on the people of Israel. And not only is he going to hire him, he's going to pay him well. So he sends dignitaries to go convince Balaam to come and cast these curses. He's pretty desperate. And uh, Balaam says, nah, you know, I can't do it. He has some sort of knowledge of who God is and says, you know, I can only say what God wants me to say. So, I mean, I, I, I can't do it. And, um, and, but Balak, he, he, he pulls more, more money out of his ATM and sends more money uh, to pay Balaam. And, and the amount starts to grow. And um, Balaam says, well, you know, I, I, I could come, but um, I can only say what God has me, uh, has me say. And eventually, uh, Balaam makes the journey from uh, what is modern-day Iraq to go over to Jordan and to cast these curses. Bizarre journey. He's riding a donkey, and there's this angel that he can't see, but the donkey can. And in the story, the donkey rebukes him. It's crazy. It's bizarre. But Balaam finally makes his way over to, uh, to, to what is modern-day Jordan, and he's standing on a cliff positioned by, by Balak to cast these curses. And the intent of his heart is to curse the people of Israel, and he's doing it for money. He opens his mouth to curse Israel, and God fills his mouth with blessing. And, and Balak, who hired him, is, is ticked off. Um, he repositions him in another place to see the people of Israel. And he goes, his op- to, the intent of his heart is to, is to curse the people. And he's doing it for money. And he opens his mouth to curse and nothing but blessing comes out. And it happens again. And again, Balak's not a happy camper. And uh, really at the root of this is that, that Balaam is doing this all for his own personal gain. This is about the money. This is about the paycheck. And the way of Balaam, and the way of Cain is approaching God in my own terms, and the way of Balaam is God exists for your personal gain. It's the life goes better with Jesus gospel. It's the prosperity gospel. That God wants you healthy and wealthy, and until you get there, then something's wrong, and you, and you need to go after it. And the problem is, is that when you embrace a gospel like that, a life goes better with Jesus' gospel, the moment that life does not go better, guess who you're going to leave in the dust? Jesus. Because life's not going better. And, and oftentimes what, what the gospel is presented to us, oftentimes we, the reason we get into this relationship is we think that, that God will protect us from all these things. But the scriptures clearly tell us, yes, there's moments of breakthrough. Yes, there's moments of healing. We know that. But there's also moments of pain. Which is why Paul writes in Romans chapter 5. He says, guess what? Yes, your, your faith has been credited to you. Righteousness has been credited to you through faith. And the very next thing he talks about in Romans 5 is suffering. Suffering that produces endurance. By the way, endurance produces character. And character produces hope in the salvation that we have. We want to move in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we want to fellowship and share in his sufferings. That's And both both reflect who our Christ is. Now, you may be there sitting and listening to me and maybe watching a live stream and thinking, so, well, I, you know, I'm glad I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. But can I just tell you that oftentimes the way of Balaam is revealed to us when we get the hard news. When the diagnosis comes, when the job is lost, sometimes our response is, 
God, how could you do this to me? And the way of Balaam is exposed. Because God is supposed to keep pain away. And it's not that God can't handle our complaints. Oh, I think, read the Psalms. He, he handles complaints. And someone has said, you know, complaining to God is worship. Again, it's in the Psalms. But a complaining about God, that's rebellion. And Jude is saying, look, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Beware of the spiritual influencers in your life that are encouraging to go the way of Cain. You choose how you want to relate to God. And also, he's saying, beware of those, those leaders, pastors, people in your life that are doing what they're doing for their own personal gain. They're, they will shipwreck your life. They're rainless clouds producing no fruit. And then Jude wraps up with one more case study. Got the way of Cain, the way of Balaam, then he goes the way of Korah, which is found in Numbers chapter 12. Again, a long story. Um, and it's, it's like a showdown at the end of the OK Corral. This thing is, it's, it's kind of an amazing story. Uh, Korah, uh, Moses has been chosen to lead the people of Israel and he's led them well. But Korah, as they're in the wilderness, Korah and 250 other leaders um, they confront Moses and they say to Moses, Moses, who do you think you are? We are all God's chosen people. And Korah is saying, you know, we, we, we could get some stuff going on here. You know, I think maybe in his mind, he's thinking we could get this job done quicker. And, and, he, and he's saying, you know, we, we can offer incense. We, we can be the ones to go in the tabernacle. Moses, who do you think you are? And, um, and what, what you get in the story is a bit of a showdown. Moses and Aaron, um, they say, okay, let's, let's let God decide who's going to lead the people of Israel. By the way, I mean, just pause the button here. This is the same Moses that has prayed and plagues have come to Egypt. This is the same Moses who's led people through the Red Sea. This is the same Moses who's prayed, man has come from heaven. There's been a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a very smart thing to go after this guy when you've seen all that, Right? So the showdown, you got Moses and Aaron and you got Korah and his 250 uh, people who have partnered with him and their families. And uh, Moses says, okay, let's God choose, uh, let him choose who's gonna lead this, uh, this group of people. And the ground opens up and Korah and the 250 leaders and their families get sucked into the ground. It swallows them up and the ground closes up. Very epic, dramatic um, moment that has frightened the people of Israel. But it's all embedded in this rebellion that, that, that Jude is trying to get at here. Uh, here. Here's the way of Korah. We'll put it up on the screen. The way of Korah is to reject authority and people, people, uh, someone who says, a spiritual influencer saying, reject authority and don't let people tell you how to live. Now, let's just be honest. Because as Americans, we don't like people telling us what to do. We're free, Right? As Oregonians, we're pioneers and trailblazers. We, we figured this out on our own. So don't you be telling us what to do. So whenever authority comes along or someone comes along and says, no, this is how, this is how you do it, there's something in us that recalls. Let me speak for myself. I don't like to be told what to do. And the reason I think that we don't like to be told what to do or we don't want to, see, we've lost the art of submitting to a position. 
We, 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 we see a person and we see all their, their, their mistakes and, um, and, and we, we've lost, we, so we don't want to honor that person. We want to follow people we agree with. And the reason we do that is because we're all, we all see ourselves as free agents. See, I'll follow you as long as I agree with you. The moment you say something, then I'm out. What God is saying here, and by the way, Speaking on this topic about rejecting authority can sound very self-serving as a spiritual leader. I recognize that. And I submit myself to you know, our, the leaders, our governing board and the elders here at this church. But let me just say something to you. I am not speaking from, from a place of frustration because this is a fantastic place. I pinch myself that I get to lead here. You are such a generous and gracious and forgiving people. <laughs> It's a pleasure to lead you. But we have to understand is that there is an ethos that's crept into our culture that it wants to reject any sort of leadership and say, no, this is the path, walk in it. And it's the way of Korah. In fact, if you go a little bit farther in scripture, you get another really fascinating story. Moses has taken a wife. She is a foreign wife. God has said, don't take foreign wives. So his older brother and sister, they, they, uh, they, they, they call him to account. Moses, uh, you shouldn't lead anymore because uh, you have disobeyed God. And God calls Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to his presence. And Miriam is struck with leprosy for, uh, for an attitude of rebellion against her brother who is the leader of the people of Israel. Which teaches the lesson, you can be 100% right and still be wrong. Because it's about the attitude to those that God has placed in our lives, right? It's the way of Korah. Show me your friends, I'll show you a future. We are the average of our five best friends. Who's influencing you? And who are you influencing? What, what, what books, podcasts, friends, family members, coworkers? Jude is saying, be very careful. Watch out for spiritual influencers who are telling you to go the way of Cain or to go the way of Balaam or to go the way of Korah. Annie Dudley was a staff member here at Salem Alliance for quite some time. Still goes, still goes to Salem Alliance. Uh, she has a son who's a very accomplished runner. Tyler is incredibly fast, runs long distances. In fact, at one point in time, he was, uh, he was considered to, in some, he was in, in the Olympic trials. I and mean, this guy's fast. He runs in our Salem Free Clinics, run for hope and health, which means none of us actually ever win. It's actually Tyler who wins very easily. And a lot of years ago, he was running in a half marathon in the Columbia Gorge. He ran in this, it's, it, the, the price to run it was pretty high. A lot, of, a lot of racers, accomplished racers in that race. Tyler's running the race and he wins that half marathon. And when you win one of those kind of marathons, the prizes, the swag bag, I mean, there's valuable prizes in there and he won some pretty cool stuff. The next year, he, uh, he signed up to run the race again, the same half marathon in the Columbia Gorge. His family is there. I mean, he won last time and he's running this race and he is winning. 
He is so far out in front of everyone else. I have never had this experience, but apparently when you're winning in a half marathon, there's like a scooter or a bicycle that's in front showing you the pathway to the finish line. Again, I've never had that experience, but that's Tyler's experience. He's running the race and here's this person who's showing the way to the finish line. Tyler is tracking the miles and realizes that he has just crossed over 13 miles, but the bicyclist is still going. And he's running and he's he's a bit confused at what's going on here uh, in, in this particular race. He gets about uh, 14 miles and he's, re- he's really, you know, I've gone over a half marathon. Uh, somewhere, I think it's around the 15th mile, um, the bicyclist stops and tells Tyler, I'm lost. <laughs> he has to find his way back to the route. Tyler on that day runs, instead of running 13.1 miles, he runs 18 miles, but still comes in 29th place. Can you imagine running five extra miles and he still comes in 29th place? His family was pretty upset because he didn't get the swag bag, uh, but he's not that upset. But the reason I'm sharing the whole story is simply ask this question. Friends, who are you running with? Who are you following? And are you sure they're going to get you to the place that they're telling that they're going to get you? Because God sent his son to pave a way so that you could be reunited with the Father who loves you and better than that, he likes you. And Judah's saying, watch out. There's spiritual influencers gonna come along the way and they're gonna say, ah, just do what works for you. It's the way of Cain. You're gonna come and, and it's gonna be obvious that it's all about feathering your own nest. Way of Balaam. Well, they'll teach the way of Korah and you'll reject authority, those God's put in your life to help lead you to that finish line. And Judah's saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who are your friends? Who's influencing you? In fact, we'll put that question up on the screen as we wrap up. As you think of those who influence you spiritually, are they in any way reinforcing the way of Cain, Balaam, or Korah? Be a great question to ponder this week. Let's flip it on our head a, a bit and, and look at those who have positively influenced us. Here's something you could do this week. Have a conversation with or write a note to a faithful spiritual friend and thank them. Someone that you know, led you to Christ or discipled you or maybe in a time of sorrow they comforted you and they, sh- and they just stood with you Sometimes not even saying a word, they just cried with you. And they were Jesus. Have coffee with them, write them a note, tell them the difference they've made. Let's pray together. Jesus, we come to you today. Jesus, we ask that you would reveal our hearts to us. What do you want us to know about you today, Jesus? We don't want to be hearers only, we want to be doers. Is there an adjustment that you're asking us to make? Jesus, How do you want us to respond to you? 
Our hearts are yours. Speak, your servants are listening. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.